0: Welcome to Foundation Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Foundation on Apple TV+. This week, we're covering Season 1, Episode 8, The Missing Piece. Respect and enjoy the podcast. All right, Aaron, we're here to talk about Episode 8. I hear that this might just be one of the creator's favorite episodes.
1: What do you think? Yeah, that's what he said. Uh, I, I thought it was incredible. I got fully sucked in. Um the empire is a bad motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. don't know if I'm on team empire anymore. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it's, it's great. Some of the stuff involving, you know, uh, Miller, I think is the, the lady that plays, uh, uh, Zephyr Halima and Bryn who plays Demerzel and pace Lee pace. Uh, of course, empire is just, just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and like twist inside of a twist inside of a twist, like, you know, uh, after the empire achieves total victory, he then does his, you know, fucking end zone dance. I don't know if that'll get him in trouble, but like, it's, I just thought that stuff was great, great. And, and it kind of blew me away. And like how I, I kind of thought like, you know, maybe the empire is going to like work himself up to an actual spiritual re- rele- revelation. And you know, experience some growth in terms of a human being. Nope, nope, <laughs> yeah. he's not gonna do it, he's not gonna do it. Um, it's, I thought that stuff was really great. Uh, I thought the you know, spooky haunted spaceship stuff uh, was cool. Um, yeah. you know, I was gratified to see Hugo did exactly what I thought he'd do. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it does seem it does seem like Jason Concepcion and David Esco Goyer were both struck by precognition in last week's podcast because they definitely got a couple of pages of the scripts uh, messed up, as we talked about in the feedback episode. But I, none yeah. of that really, like, spoiled, you know, uh, me, uh, you know, in terms uh, of, like, what the second empire is like, you know, the second foundation, uh, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry, second foundation. I still think it's fairly mysterious and uh-huh. like that podcast didn't really spoil. So, like no harm, no foul. And they, um, they twist it up again. Right. It's like, okay, well yeah, we think there's a second foundation, but Gail's apparently not interested in being a part of it. So that's wild. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm letting go of any preconceptions of how they're going to tell the story because I, I, again, I keep on looking for like, okay, well you've twisted the, sh- uh, the story into this shape, but I can still see, mhm-. You know how things are translated, but like, yeah, Gail getting into the like, I kept on waiting, like I, as the water filled up, I thought she's going to be like, wait, and then do something else, like take me to Trantor instead or take me. But like, you know, if if time is a character, I feel like it's definitely taken a backstage these last few episodes um, yeah. with a little bit of, you know, a, a brief appearance, a cameo and like a flashback here or there. It feels like time is about to reassert itself. Uh, to the tune of about 137 <laughs> years or so, dude. Because, I, or or may, maybe we're just done with Gail for this season. We don't see her back until next year. I, I'm I'm kind of stunned by the confidence in in the storytelling there. Um, and maybe I, 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 know, I just can't wait to see where it goes.
0: It, I might be a little. Impatient or something for them to tell this story because the most exciting thing to me is that time jump that's inevitable when when Gail gets in and it tells her how long a hundred plus years to get to to sy- Synax. I'm like, okay, awesome. We're gonna jump another hundred plus years into the future. We still get a lot of the characters that we know and love, right? I mean, uh Hugo is probably still gonna be alive um -hmm. and i'm sure we're gonna get a bunch of flashbacks right i don't think we're leaving salvor just out in the middle of space obviously we're gonna be jumping Mm -hmm. between the time periods but i want to see the future i want to see what's going to happen with foundation and empire
1: i think we'll get there i think we've got to resolve the ship uh in orbit of terminus Uh, Mm -hmm. we got to. Oh yeah, since we have to to get through the first. Yeah, we have to get through the first crisis. I'm just itching Um, because I I like where this goes and I want to see
0: it play out. So,
1: yeah, I'm just I'm I'm very excited to see, like you said, where where everything goes. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's 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 hard to fathom, and also like one of those things where like, man, did Harry really account for all of these things and his variables or are we just in free fall? Like what is going to be the thing that reasserts itself? If, if the second foundation was the brakes on the crazy train, there are no brakes, man. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very curious to see, uh, where, where stuff goes. Mm Um, briefly before we get into the recap
0: here, let's talk a little bit about the title of this episode, because I think this is one of those really good titles that, has multiple meanings in an episode full of pretty eventful stuff um, and pretty meaningful stuff. I think the missing Mm -hmm. piece could refer to a lot of things. I think it could refer to Gale uh, being a missing piece for the second foundation. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, now that Harry's plan is kind of shot. I think the more poignant thing here, the more interesting thing. Well, actually just as interesting is that uh, empire Seems to have a missing piece.
1: Could it be the soul is the missing piece? That's a good point. Cause I I I had I was racking my brain and I came up with like, yeah, Gail, obviously. There's a puzzle there and she just took her her piece off the board and it's it's gone now. But yeah, like the something missing, something rotten in the Empire Soul. That's yeah, uh, when she calls a, him empty. Good,
0: uh and mm-hmm, he yeah. like is really worried about that at the end of this episode. Uh like genuinely affected by that lack of experience uh interesting yeah. and then I, the missing piece of the jump ship here being uh Salvor i think is the the other thing the navigator right
1: although i have um an interesting theory take on on that i don't know if it's okay. like that interesting but um yeah no those are those are all good those are all good uh suggestions on what the missing piece was i do think if i'm going to anticipate some criticism of this episode um, I think that there's going to be people complaining about, you know, what is this deal about jacking into a neural interface without a neural interface, and what's this? The and I mean, I don't know, man. It, what? What do do you have any criticism for people to like this? I thought this was going to be super hard sci-fi, and now hmm. I have a bunch of just like you know this this vague allusions to this that and the other. I mean, Um, any
0: sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I mean, it's it's that's it. Right. We're thousands, 10 over 10,000 years in the future. You think you're going to recognize like they're going to have iPhones. I I don't think so. Like this technology, they they explained it pretty well. I thought in the episode, like the AI that's built into this machine seeks out the patterns um, when it's looking for a navigator. And yeah, you could do that with a neural interface and plant it into the the navigator, but you might not have to. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, it, like, it would do is so in like a, a destructive. Yeah, that's the thing; it's a trade off. It's not like, oh, you just get this thing for free. Like, this is probably going to kill the the recipient of it. Um, sure. so, and that's that's exactly like yeah, it's like, I mean, I I just thought things is funny. It's like yeah, it's a little there's a little science fantasy in this, but every far flung science fiction eventually gets to that point where there is no way you can explain, you know, faster than light travel. There's exactly, no way yeah. you can explain things, you know, like we don't have nano knights that work to this ability that you can slice and it heals mm-hmm. in real time and things like that. Transporters so, like, from Star Trek are pure fiction, as best we can tell. Uh, especially the way they're used where they're like it's like hey what if it clones somebody fuck it why not you know like but that what that's what allows you to tell interesting stories and that's what allows you know that's that's the reason that uh you know that that's what sets science fiction apart from any other type of fiction mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't like i i i think that uh you know if your suspension of disbelief belief ever fails then you know that we've talked about this before it's like that's not a gradual process it's usually like uh you know, a shield helicarrier. It's, it's powering through the sky and it's got all four fans driving it and it loses one. It can still keep going. Sure. But it, but it loses two and it just, cra- it's not like it just, it, it's, it's not like a a slow thing. It's usually like once that suspension is destroyed, you crash. Mm-hmm. Um, So like, if that's happened to you, I, that's fine. But like, it certainly okay. hasn't happened to me. And with the technology in this show, it's like, I think we have to get used to a little bit of mcGuffinish type stuff because it just there's just no way you can explain some mm-hmm. of these some of these things um uh, sufficiently to satisfy you know it's like, oh, I have a neurosurgeon in here, and they can tell us exactly how this is not it's just not gonna happen so yeah, is the story yeah. good is the story compelling is the to- story- storytelling something interesting about the human condition mm-hmm. and about life as we experience here in the twenty first century? Yes, yes, and yes, I think, so I'm still still fully engaged or uh, if you're me conceptually,
0: are these ideas cool and can they be used for interesting storytelling hooks? Right. Like, like even just plot hooks it doesn't have to necessarily be emotional hooks. Um, Cause yeah. I, I'm looking at this last scene uh, where they're about to jump and all that and the, the neural interface. And I'm thinking, man, this is a perfect setup for a sci-fi horror movie, like mm-hmm. becoming part of this ship and jumping into unknown locations. And like,
1: all that stuff is just so ripe for really cool stuff. I think they might get into that with they the might. exo stuff. Like yeah. some extra galactic horror that did, did feel. I don't know if it's just the, uh, the the week after Halloween and I got some residual spookiness, but like a message scrawled in blood about some kind of horror outside the galaxy. Mm hmm. Maybe interesting. Maybe. Interesting.
0: All guesses. But yeah, that could be cool. Okay. Let's take a quick break and we'll get into the recap.
1: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise.
0: What a wonderful day!
1: It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on it is our time kingdom of the planet of the apes now playing only in theaters rated pg-13 some material may be inappropriate for children under 13
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to do's bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, we start off the recap with, um, we're on a Nacreon. I think it becomes pretty obvious. There are kids chasing each other in the forest. We figure out, oh, actually, these are probably... Uh, Farah and her brother when bombs drop out of the sky, obliterate her brother and obliterate her, the side of her face, leaving all of her scars. And then we come back to current day, back to now in the parlance of the show. Uh, it's Farah telling Salver her story that God chose her to find the Invictus. Salver tries to point out the hypocrisy in her revenge mission, essentially, but Farah's too gone for that. And she tells Salvor that she's going to navigate this jump ship uh, to Terminus or, or sorry, to Trantor or everyone on Terminus will die, including her mother.
1: I like that. You have no concept of revenge. Have you, have you, have, it's like you've never even seen the Wrath of Khan, <laughs> uh, Salvor. From, from Hell's heart, I'm spitting at thee in the form of the Empire. Can, can, I need you to get on board the, yeah. the revenge train here. <laughs> um. No, it's yeah, because there is no logic to this. She's hurting and has hurt and herself feels like she can never heal. So she wants other people to feel that pain and to feel that 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 hatred and Mm -hmm. damn the consequences. Like, literally, I don't give a I don't care about humanity. I don't care about any of that. I just want to hurt the empire. It's uh, powerful stuff. And Um, I like
0: this, especially when paired with the other scene with Rowan where she's trying to convince him not to go through with this. Uh and you know, appealing to future generations, right? Think of all the Anacreons who aren't going to survive because you guys can't let this
1: go. And that's the problem with anyone obsessed with the revenge. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the problem Ahab's everywhere. Not everyone wants to get lashed to a fucking whale, you know? <laughs> sure. And uh even if the whale dies, like, you know, not not everybody some people want to think about their future, you know. The mm-hmm. fact that uh I, there's a great line where um Salver is, is talking to this this lieutenant and essentially says, you know, Farrah thinks she is the hand reaching out from Anacreon's grave, but is not dead. Yes. He's half dead, but there's still mm-hmm. Anacreon children being born. There's still a future here. Yeah. Um, and she just can't see it, and she's getting in the way of it. And I thought that stuff was uh, resin. Obviously, it uh, partially worked on the lieutenant. I don't know where this is all going right. to go because, um, it, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that, I guess, at the end of the episode. Um, But uh, it was pretty good, pretty good speechifying. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Then we go to Gail, who's explaining her powers of prediction to Harry and why she taught herself math in the first place. Harry worries that those powers could skew psychohistory and says that they have to reach Helicon to establish the second foundation. This is the big reveal (laughs) that I think, yeah. Uh, on the official podcast they thought happened this episode. Now, there are a couple possibilities here, right? Like They might have moved this episode uh, or this scene from the end of last episode, because it's is a, basically a direct continuation of that scene with Harry and Gale from last episode. Um, mm-hmm. So they might have moved it to this episode last minute or something. Uh, I feel like the reveal of the second foundation is a big moment, and you would want to kind of end an episode with that. But I guess they had more important things to end it with.
1: Yeah, I could see because like I um I guess there's the logical pacing and then there's also the visceral pacing. Yeah. And you had kind of like a natural cliffhanger with her catching that micrometeor, like, oh, what the fuck? Um whereas if you come back and end in that you're you you have the logical cliffhanger of like what is the second foundation and then we'll mm-hmm. explain it. Not really explain it, but like give you a little bit more hints in the next episode. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's also like I imagine um, I I imagine that they recorded all these podcasts in advance, too. Like, I I doubt that they're watching it as they release. And then, you know, or the week before. And maybe they are. But Mm -hmm. I I can see how that stuff would get confusing, too. Um, Yeah. The the thing is, you know, edit it out of
0: the podcast. Right. Let's say you get there and you go, oh, we got to move this scene. Well, then you got to move that that quote too i think
1: yeah i don't i do I, I don't know i don't know if i want to because i almost reached out to jay you know because we've we've talked we've met in real life uh i think we're friendly i almost reached out and was like yo dude what <laughs> do you guys want to edit the episode before you know it?" uh oh, but I, it, it's it's not a yeah it's like it's 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 not a big thing and uh also i don't i don't want to make it a bigger thing than it is but yeah it does feel mm-hmm. like maybe edit the the podcast um when when oh. there's a goof like that but. yeah yeah just take it out
0: um yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on that. I, I think this yeah. scene is cool, though, because it, it, like Gail is taking Harry is trying to like. Give fate the responsibility for teaching her math, right? And she's like, fuck that. I worked my ass off to solve that Abraxas equation, right? Like uh, th- that wasn't that wasn't fate, like putting math into my head. I spent years of my life and, and my curiosity put that into my head. I feel like they kept on, yeah, taking credit for that accomplishment and the hard work that it took to get there was kind of an awesome thing.
1: Do you think that uh, it's indicative of something more? Because I I kept on seeing Harry get wrong-footed with like yeah. you know an artful allusion to Rache and Rache being dead, and you know this like you know trying to assign fate to her hard work, where she you know took offense to it. Do you think that this is indicative of? This Harry construct being incomplete—that um, you know—because one thing I, they yeah. seem to establish in the first two episodes is just how persuasive and charismatic Harry is. Mm-hmm. Like he's the guy who can appeal to the Emperor's face and do so good a job he does too well. He ends up talking himself out of execution. Uh, he's yeah. the guy that can go down to the laundry room and over an inked splotched shirt, uh, you know, uh, to, to rally the whole crew. Uh, Mm-hmm. But here with Gale, he just uh, just keeps on putting his mouth, uh, foot in his mouth. Do you think that is a little bit of his lost humanity or I, lost in translation? I think so. It's tough to tell, but I haven't seen
0: any other signs. I haven't seen him like, you know, phasing out of reality or unable to control, you know, uh, what he looks like turning into a turtle or something. <laughs> I haven't seen any of that. So. Yeah, I would say these small. These small uh, imperfections in the hairy simulation are probably what we're supposed to be catching,
1: especially since I think it pairs nicely with what's going on with the latest Cleon. You know, Mm -hmm. those are small flaws, uh, errors in reproduction. Something went wrong in the transfer that seems like it's minor, but they're getting bigger and bigger. I wonder if they're playing with that because I don't I I don't know if the ship makes it to Helicon at this point. It looks like it was in kind of rough shape. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what, what happens when a ghost ship shows up in orbit of, of Helicon with, like, a half-formed Harry Seldon hologram. I, yeah, I, like I said, I'm completely kind of off the map with, with where they end up at the end of this episode. But I, I do think there is some twin storytelling there, the the, the flawed clone of Cleon of and the flawed copy of Harry. Yeah, well, a lot of parallels on this show. Um, you know, Tim Rizell has a
0: ton of them. Uh, we'll get more into that later sure so hugo kind of kind of shows up out of nowhere i was a little surprised that they didn't give us more lead up to hugo coming back um and if i had like a flaw yeah. with the episode that was maybe it he seems not like a deus ex machina but but pretty close to it you know he, he just is gone and then now he's back and there wasn't much fanfare um he lands on this old mining station he jacks into a comms array. comms he sends a message to the Thespian Republic about the anacreon activity in outpost fifty nine which I guess is probably where he is um and responses and oxygen are both in low
1: supply <laughs> i I mean Hugo's probably dead No, nah, I guess there's a whole bunch of thespians there that can can pick him up.
0: yeah, um, I assume they got it, but yeah.
1: I feel what you what what you mean about that. But then I started thinking like, well, maybe this like again, I mean, you and I both got the the Hugo like, you know, they talk about the plan and then uh, the plan is executed and we just assume that that's what he's going to do. So, like, I guess I didn't need a lot of lead up, but I thought I thought that even the soundtrack was a little bit muted, like there could have been a little bit of a note of triumph. There's a little bit when Mm. you, you know, you see this figure kind of come land on the asteroid and then it revealed as Hugo and there's a little bit like. But I, I don't know, because, again, it wasn't I, I felt like Hugo being lost was not treated like a big moment because it was part of the plan. It's like if someone is in a cell right. and they said, oh, my God, my f- friend's having a heart attack. That's when when a reveal when the guy gets up and punches the guard, they don't like reveal it as like, oh, look, this guy's back to life because mm-hmm. it's just part of the fucking plan, man. So maybe. That's but, what, that's but they also don't set up
0: hey if you fake a heart attack you're done you're gone right they did with Hugo. Right, right, they, yeah, yeah. And usually that doesn't last multiple episodes
1: <laughs> oh, I get all it, i, I get probably
0: would have needed is like when hugo goes floating away maybe a pov of him like looking at his oxygen meter or something mm. right like that would have told me hey this this guy's not gone yet gotcha um and, and they he's also thinking i think
1: I also think they're probably trying to some of that was uh, what do they call that Uh, sucker bait, you know, that like uh, anytime you put the main you put the main hero in jeopardy and, you know, he can't possibly (laughs) die. It's like, you know.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, other than that, totally fine. Totally cool. We knew he was coming back and I think he he kind of does exactly what we expected. Um, He goes and he calls in the reinforcements. I I love how his, he's using the thespian language here and his original like thespian name.
1: I think so, yeah. I think yeah. that's cool. Although uh, this name, the Cien Un Eden, like it 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 sounds a lot like Garden of Eden. Uh, and I was uh, wondering, like, was that is that his actual name or is that the location, like the ironic name of the place that he's calling the support? I, it felt like it is his actual name. I think and so. And I. I think someone they had a linguist actually were uh, if I recall a Reddit thread correctly, I thought that they had a ling- linguist in Ireland that was working on this project. So this probably all means mm. something. I, I I'm kind of curious to, to find out what. Yeah. Um, also, we get a good look at the location and it almost appears extra galactic itself. Like this is it reminds me of the shot of like in Star Wars where or Empire Strikes Back, where the rebel fleet is rallying outside the galactic plane um because you just get the full shot of like the disc and and the the heart of the galaxy and all that kind of stuff in the background Hmm. um yeah i don't know did you get that kind of like that we might be extra galactic or slightly like this is this is just at the very outer rim of the 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 galaxy
0: no i guess i wasn't paying close enough attention to the background here i was more focused on what hugo was doing
1: yeah and then again, I guess that is like that. We are in the outer rim of the galaxy. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, that's just that's just where they're at.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. We go to the maiden where Demerzel sets up the conditions of Brother Day's spiral walk. There are no artificial devices allowed, including protective auras or nanobots. And also, if you fall uh, to one knee, you're good. If you can get back up, if you fall to two knees or more. I don't know what kind of aliens take this walk. <laughs> You're done, and you either crawl back ashamed and
1: and properly chastised by the gods, or you die. You just lay down and die. The three knees, we're talking Lee Pace. This isn't uh, John Ham here. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, and apparently, the, the center of the
0: spiral, there is a cave with a pool. Um, which is supposed to give you a blessing uh, of a vision. And this is called the Mother's Womb. The Zephyrs will interpret that vision once you make it back. And, you know, the Empire is very skeptical of, like, the spiritual side of this, but he's very adamant, I will do this. There is no failing here. Um, and then he takes Dimmerzel's salt as a token of her support.
1: Unwilling like i mean she yeah, was very she distressed at him breaking her rosary salt and uh mm-hmm. uh taking off for it and it's it's a it's a power play it's definitely um uh, it, a lot of this is a power this is as much the struggle versus uh, for you know the heart of demersel such as it is as it is you know the struggle for the hearts of 3 trillion people mm-hmm. um but i thought it was well done like you know they talk about the stakes they talk about you can't have your aura and then they show a pilgrim jostling him, bumping into him like first time he's probably ever been jostled. And then yeah. it's like, you know, you're going to be subject to injury and exhaustion as they're, you know, as he's getting punctured, removing the nanobots. and He's like, oh, that hurts. Um, I, I thought, uh, yeah, and the whole one neat to, like I said, this stuff is cool. Like mm-hmm. uh, al- finding out about alien customs and religions, I think I think it's super neat. And day the whole time pretending to be a commoner with this
0: old man who's walking with him um it sort of you know making shit up as he goes I like this because it kind of foreshadows the stuff that's going to happen later with the the um what is it birth root was that was that what yeah, it's called birth root? I think it's called birth root yeah um yeah with him like sort of picking up on context clues and using that to weave into his story right um, yeah I like that stuff Did,
1: let me ask you this because when I first I, I, I thought about this, do you think it's unrealistic for this old man not to recognize the empire? I do. I do. But I'm I'm giving them that. <laughs> OK, because I was thinking about it, because, like, I'm thinking, like, is the empire in like a backwater manufacturing plant? Is he as famous as like Joe Biden or in America or is he famous like. Pre- president ZG in China is famous to me because I recognize if, if I saw sure. a president and you know the, the, uh, the president premier whatever China I'd recognize mm-hmm. him right I'd recognize him on TV if he walked in a suit with a with an entourage through Cincinnati Airport I'd be like oh my god it's president G mm-hmm. if I saw him just like chilling like if I'm eating a funnel cake on main street of Kings Island mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting there eating my funnel cake and he's sitting there in flip-flops and cargo pants and like a, a beast 45th anniversary thing and a visor and he's just chilling eating. I don't know that I'd be like, hey, that's fucking g I I that's fucking G yeah. in the, in the different context and stuff. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's enough benefit of the doubt that maybe everyone wouldn't recognize, especially in the beginning where he's like kind of pressed in, he's all swaddled up and all that kind of stuff. I I don't know. That's how I thought. It's like if, yeah. if the pre if, if 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 especially when you look at the coinage, it's not like he's got a recognizably visage. Visage, and True. usually when we see big statues of him, it's an idolized version of him that's not like exactly recognizable portrait. Or maybe they show him. You know, I think this is uh this is like a, f- a late forties, early fifties day. Like maybe all of the coinage and stuff has him as a newly minted thirty year old. I, I just felt like, yeah, I, I guess I talked myself into it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I could be talked
0: into it as well. Uh, you know, the statues we've seen on Trantor, we haven't necessarily seen them anywhere else. Um right. So, yeah, maybe people aren't as familiar with what yeah, a stripped down version of the emperor would look like without his blue armor and without his arms out in a Christ-like right. worshiping pose.
1: I mean, I don't know how many of those Winnie the Winnie the Pooh specials I saw before I realized that's actually G and those two as well. Like, <laughs> you know, in, in, out of the context, you, you don't right. you don't recognize yeah. a person with a honey pot in your hand. Yeah, you just. <laughs> yeah. When He's half same. naked just with a shirt on. It's it's <laughs> uh, it's tough to pick him out. Boy, I wonder how many people are going to get that reference. <laughs> uh, the number's not zero. Jim. It's not zero.
0: Yeah. Uh, The other thing that's interesting here is no nanobots, no protective aura. The one thing they don't say that I assume must also be true is no feed transmission over to his clone in the vat.
1: God, that's interesting. Is there just a blank space in the memory? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, in fact, that's such a good question. I might write it transfer it into my Goyer document for the next interview because. <laughs> OK, yeah, I, I, it, it might be. But but like, if that's something intrinsic to the guy's brain or built way in there, like, aha, how do you remove that? Yeah.
0: Are they just like, maybe yeah, it's part of the nanites. Off,
1: no problem. Maybe it's part, it of, that, part of the nanites duty is it, it makes like a whole fucking integrated system in his body. Yeah. Just like so yeah. into his optics and whatnot that is interesting and also there's a lot of um, there's a lot of elements of the truth like the guys like you know this is the first time I've ever been off world I've never could afford and, and the Empire is like truthfully saying me too mm-hmm. I've never been in a hyper because he's never set foot off Trantor true uh, I thought all that stuff where he's just using a little bit of the truth uh, to you know to, to, to bond with this guy it, uh, mm-hmm. it, shows the, it, shows the, it shows the kind of innate politician uh, that we don't always get to see uh in the empire yeah i I do appreciate when he busts
0: out some of those skills because boy when he's sitting on his throne and just casting down judgment from a place of supreme power it's Mm -hmm. not quite as interesting um, as when he's forced to kind of roll around sure uh okay harry explains the purpose of the second foundation to gail and she decides she wants out and so she tries to muscle open a door but harry denies it
1: Explain more about the second foundation. That like the first one is going to be a lightning rod. It's there to get all the criticism and to bear yeah. the brunt of any reprisals from the empire or you know the barbarian kingdoms, all that kind of stuff. The second is to be kept secret, even from the first foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we don't know exactly what its purpose, but it seems like uh, it's uh, it's uh, the answer to who watches the watchers. Well, you have a watcher, watcher. Uh, Okay uh, uh, don't ask little, me how deep those levels uh, yeah, go yeah but but, but yeah, theres there's at least a first a first level answer here um that's that's going to be
0: interesting going forward because i th- this is not in the first book. I know they get to it later. Mm-hmm. second Foundation stuff, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what the second foundation is like. Um, yeah if we ever get there I don't, I don't know what Gale Gail's role going forward in that is or if Harry survives this trip to Helicon and becomes the second foundation himself as some kind of digital, right. uh, you know, digital martyr uh, who's alive. I, I don't know. Be
1: interesting. There's also a lot of uh, this episode is really steeped on religious references, you know, like uh, uh, what the empire does feels like, uh, you know, being tested by God. There's, there's a lot of religious symbolism in there. And I thought mm-hmm. when Harry asks, when Gail's frustrated, she wants to get get off of this crazy train. She he says, you know, well, where will you go? And it reminded me of um, the disciple, the apostles, rhetorically asking Jesus when he's like, well, if you know, you don't essentially if you don't you don't like my teachings, hit the hit the bricks, man. And they're like, well, where 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 would we go to? Who else has got the truth? Like it it felt like <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of him begging that begging that question. Um, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, well, it, where, where are you going to go, Gail? Come on, you, you know, the truth and you know, this is where the truth lies, where you, you gonna, you're going to you're going to go back to Synax, that kind of I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. All right. Days, vision begins to blur. He falls to one knee, but he's able to get back up with the help of the old man. True, true facts, true facts. Yeah, we'll talk more about this here in a second. Uh, but let's go to Invictus right now. We've got 29 minutes until the next jump. Salvor knows that Rowan has a kid and tries to use that to sort of pick around the edges of his uh, f- re- revengeful fervor, I guess. Um, another scientist is killed by a gun guarding the bridge. Farrah forces Salvor to draw its fire so she can destroy it. And then Salvor opens the door to the bridge. There happens to be a gun sitting right there on the floor in front of her. So she grabs it. She starts shooting at Farah. And then Lewis and her both jump through the door and close it behind him. So now they're on the bridge alone.
1: Yeah, um, this is going to it's kind of neat. Like there's there's a mystery, you know, like uh, there's the ghost ship. You're it's already mysterious. You get to the bridge. There's an automated gun platform defending it. They intuit that there must have been some mutiny that the the bridge had locked itself in there. And the crew is trying like, you know, what the hell is, is going on? I thought that fair had a little moment of awesome where, you know, uh she gets the, the the peg the automated rail gun with her arrow mm-hmm. and salvers says, you know, lucky shot. She's like, You're the one that uses luck. I yeah. I uh, uh I depend on skill. I thought that was pretty as she's striding forward with her bow. I thought that was pretty badass.
0: Uh huh. Oh yeah, she's badass uh, for sure. I just don't know that I care for her motivations.
1: <laughs> no, no, I she's, understand a monster, cool. she's a monster. It's just she's a monster. Yeah. but uh i can she, she comes by she comes by her monstrosity honestly you know True. uh what happened to her and her planet was equally monstrous i like seeing some of the tech
0: that they're using too they've got these tiny drones right
1: these flat like
0: i don't even know how to describe them but they they fly around like it drones. like a skull like a
1: like like a gold skull key from the old doom key or the, the oh, old wow. doom game i thought that was uh the design of it looked, uh, especially especially in an episode that features human skulls prominently. I thought that was an mm. interesting element.
0: Yeah, kind of cool. Uh, and so we go to the bridge where the scene on the bridge is grim and they're not quite sure what happened. But Lewis kind of figures out how this jump drive worked. Um, he he realizes it involves some pretty horrific stuff like being hardwired into the nav computers. And uh, apparently the AI is still searching for a navigator. So Salvor volunteers to jack into the computer and jump them home to Terminus.
1: Yeah, I thought. So this answers a lot of the questions uh, uh, we had that you still have to sleep during hyperspace. That's what these these mm-hmm. warning systems are for is they give the crew plenty of time to wrap up their their duties so they can get back to their cryopods and get sedated because it's still going to fuck you up, um, which is going to be interesting to see what happens to the living people who are, are not, you know, so sedated at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, did you, I, I thought there was, um, the, the, the design of this bridge has to be at least somewhat inspired by the, f- the engineers from the aliens. series. For sure. Yeah. Right. Like those, those caressant couches and them lying recumbent upon them. I, I thought that's like, that's, that's definitely has to be an influence in there. At least I, I thought of it or yeah, I, th- I, I thought I saw that. And I love that. It's um, very cool looking. And, and also I feel like I could be accused cause I, I told people I don't watch these episodes before the feedback episodes. Um, but I mentioned just off just just out of wild hair, like, you know, things that Harry Seldon couldn't account for. And I mentioned an extra galactic threat. We've, we've got a fleet that's been steaming for a billion years from another galaxy. Like, you can't predict that. And fuck me. Here's a here's <laughs> a potentially exto galactic threat that is 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 uh, on in the heart to, or, or, or starting to encroach on the Milky Way. Uh, that was just me. That was just me. Mm-hmm. Ass pulling. Totally so <laughs> that's the thing about but, screeners uh, right it takes all your magnificent predictions and turns
0: them into ash in your mouth
1: right 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 although it does let you do sick things like call the hugo stuff and no one can accuse you of uh cheating on reddit because you know where the hell would i unless unless david goyer called me personally and told me and he mm-hmm. didn't I, I wouldn't have wouldn't wouldn't have known that oh i guess i could have just watched in this episode Fuck, i know that's all there ah. man There's no way there's no way I can get honest Internet points anymore. All right. Make make a prediction for the end of the season right now (sighs) because I could have already seen it. I'd have to predict something from the first episode of season two. And ironically, I haven't seen enough of season one to feel comfortable. Let's do it. All right. I'm predicting third (laughs) foundation. You've got Gale on Sinax, you've got Harry on Helicon and
0: Terminus survives.
1: Oh, man, I want to do the Prices right thing. Four foundations. That's <laughs> oh, right. Four foundations. And the answer is 12 foundation. What? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I've yeah, I've got it. Covered. On the only way you win is if there's if there's there's three. So, mm-hmm. yeah, four foundations. <laughs> uh, the other thing. OK, so there are a lot of cool concepts
0: here. Um, th- they they blend, you know, science and art here, too, as well. Right. Science and and spirituality, human consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Um, because they talk about how folding space is not just a science, it's also a little game of intuition. And of Mm. course Salvor is perfectly set up for that with her intuitive powers. Um I'm 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 willing to go along with that. I just wonder like, would Harry be able to do something like that? Harry in his current form, a perfect like well, imperfect simulation. I guess you're right because you know, he didn't get fully uploaded. But let's say he had, uh, would he be able to perform something like that as a ship's computer, or is it something that inherently technology cannot replicate about our human
1: brain? I don't know. That's a good question because it, the thing is, is like in this universe, the human brain is the most complicated uh, cognitive power, mm-hmm. uh, excepting Dimrizel, because humans have killed off all advanced artificial intelligence so Although i would argue like, harry like, is now one i guess that's true but also he's a human consciousness like mapped into it. so like what does that even mean yeah um yeah it's not as artificial no i, guess. I, I don't know and that's that's why the the last week's uh official podcast had some good information about how goyer sees this because like you know i don't think uh the, you know, louis saying it's literally like making a wish i don't think that's necessarily true but kind of in the mm. heisenberg uncertainty pr- principle concept and the yeah. concept that like if you observe you can you can know the position or velocity of an electron but not both and if you observe it it actually can change it uh there's a right. lot of like really weird witchy shit that goes on at the subatomic level that feels you know very very random and very like you know something that you have to intuit rather than you know if uh, empirically prove and i don't like yeah. that's the other thing is like i think if you that's that's certainly the layman's understanding of it and i've i've seen enough like really heavy astrophysics people that kind of like well it's not exactly like that but i don't understand the math well enough so uh Hmm. it works on a really great like pop sci uh fashion that like oh yeah it's like you know it's like uh schrodinger's cat you know it's it's alive or dead and you don't even know it's it's both it's it's it it, it it exists in a quantum super state you know like Mm -hmm. this thing's orbiting trantor it's orbiting terminus and it's only until you open up the metaphorical box which is it, it, it works for me, like I said. In fact, I feel like I feel like this stuff works better. Like, it's way better for them to just take like this black massive bundle and shove it in someone's skull yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, it's it's finding it. Then if you try to explain it, because, uh-huh. you know, it, it, yeah, it's, it, it's like you said, technology is sufficiently advanced, indistinguishable magic, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as like Star Trek, nobody looks at the transporters and go, fuck that. There is no way that could work. Heisenberg's principles say it couldn't. Well, they don't go into like, here's
1: exactly how it would work. They just say, we got the Heisenberg compensator. That's all you need to know. We're good. Right, right. Yeah. And if you own a Star Trek technical manual like I do, uh, if you start to (laughs) drill down into the details, it's just all bullshit techno babble, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's all it's all like, uh, you know, synopsis of like, uh, you know, 300 level astrophysics stuff that doesn't really make Mm -hmm. sense. But it sounds cool. If you redirect the quarks, the the quarks through the deflector dish, you'll you'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah. You got to use the Heisenberg compensator. Well, how does it Uh compensate for the Heisenberg? It just compensates, damn it. It's right there (laughs) in the name. It compensates for the Heisenberg shit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, The other thing I really love about the scene is the horror elements right I mean this is pretty horrific sight and I, I feel like the person who made that navigator dummy must have just mm. had a hell of a time because it looks really gross and it's just a such a cool macabre sort of thing and a techno techno macabre
1: you know what I and I, I forgot to mention this last episode but all these corpses reminded me so much of the corpses they found from that failed uh arctic expedition that i think is the backbone of the terror the first Uh season of the terror with uh jerry harry um because like yeah those people like they didn't rot they just kind of like uh uh flash froze or what do they call that uh freeze dried they just freeze dried so like their skin is perfectly preserved but kind of like shrunk and desiccated like like Mm -hmm. mummified in air And like all the corpses kind of had that look to them. And I thought that was because, yeah, that's probably exactly what would happen if a human being were to be exposed to the vacuum of space. But no, like harmful rays or radiation. It just, you know, it it can't rot. It can't do anything. So I thought that was really cool. I bet this these things stink to high heaven after a few (laughs) hours of atmosphere, though. Holy shit. Yeah, probably.
0: Uh, So we go back to Terminus where the Anacrion's are running things. And Salvor's mother tells Lieutenant Freestone about the vault and how they have to move because its effect is expanding. She tells him, we gotta take the fence down. That seems
1: like a big ask. Just gonna say. And... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and the lieutenant laughing at her at the suggestion. I thought that was and I'm like well the, the thing is is there's a way to test this like the Nakrian mm-hmm. want to be a dick it's like okay send a couple scouts out and the guys will pass out and like okay we
0: plant the stick um, and then we wait two hours we try it again can you get us I far don't have with enough the time same to stick? do that yeah.
1: but I don't also know how I, fast is expanding they're also getting a lot of mileage out of that Harry Selden statue like I just like how it's always in the shot like it's it's overlooking things. Like, yeah. I, and I wonder if there is like something to that. Um, you know, Harry's keeping his eye on a situation.
0: Could be. I mean, Harry's probably got his eye on a lot of situations. It's true. Via psycho history. All right. We go back to the maiden where the old man drops to one knee. Day goes back for him, but he says, nah, I'm good. He drops to the other and lays down and dies. And day continues on. Uh, he is steps from the cave where many others have died and he almost gives up but Dimersel's salt sees him through and he goes in the cave and he finds the pool and when he enters it um, well so, so there's like a kind of flash forward here where he is back at the luminous temple whatever it is and he tells him I saw a vision of a flower with three petals they say hey that's the birthroot flower meaning Uh, you have been given the blessing of the three goddesses and anybody who says you don't have a soul from here on out is a sinner. And there are a lot, a lot of looks over at Halima going, see, see, I gotcha. I fucking gotcha.
1: Yeah, even the three, even the crone, the maiden and the mother were kind of like throwing, you know, throwing shade (laughs) in her direction too. Um, Yeah, wild. I gotta say, Lee Pace, even as human beef jerky, Mm-hmm. Still pretty fucking hot. Sure. What? 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 A fucking it, god. Like if, if you got to cast, cast a god emperor. Yeah. Not not a bad not a bad job of casting. uh I say he should have maybe like an atlas.
0: It, it maybe done a uh, a round of like uh, bulking up, getting a little fat, you got a little meat on his bones for this walk. Because yeah. boy, he's got like no body fat, which is not good if you're competing in like athletic it isn't, competitions, yeah. unless it's it isn't.
1: A, a bodybuilding competition but he's an optimal physical condition. So the, at the, least the doctor said that, but no, I, uh, again, the guy's just ridiculously good looking. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the human skull symbolism? When I kind of thought that was it? cool. Like him. It's like a memento Mori, like the way he even kind of like tilts his head to match. It's, it's inclination, like sees himself. Like, like there's a, like almost a brief moment where he can see himself giving up. Yeah. Before he realizes I'm the empire. Damn it. And that doesn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like um, yeah. the stuff with this old man
0: um, and he's you know trying to encourage him and, and you know says what if this is oh, what if this is just the end I like th- there's a lot of fear in him I think about you know things ending I, I especially as a clone dynasty I would imagine the ending of, of things might be extra fearful for them because they view themselves as an unbroken lineage they expect to never end in a certain manner of speaking
1: especially when they don't really experience frailty and death until they start you know di- diminishing at the end um it must be it it, it must be hard because you're right they si- simultaneously are eternal but also mm-hmm. human and have a fixed lifespan
0: and i almost um, wonder if he's pitying this old man because he knows that he will come to an end right he doesn't have the clone facility that will perpetuate him potentially forever. He's this, this could just be it. If there's no reincarnation, you're done old man.
1: I can't tell if it's pity or if it's envy because this guy yeah, has faith. Like he's not, he is not, uh, he's not fearful or timid no. at the end of his life, but he knows he's going to be reborn. Like this is, and and what better place to do it than in, or right at the womb of the mother, you know, at the doorstep of the womb of the mother. Uh, it's uh pretty good. And that's why I said, like, I was starting to think that the Empire was going to no shit have uh some kind of spiritual awakening or something that was going to put him in the conflict, even more conflict with the, you know, like, what if you had a, a holy war in the middle of the genetic dynasty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like he comes back converted to um uh, Luminism and Brother Dusk is like, the fuck? And Brother Dawn's like, the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They can't. Or not having yeah, this yeah. dude walking around in white robes, decant another one. Come on. I'm tired of this triple blessing bullshit. But right. it also seemed kind of obvious in retrospect. I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but like there is so much Trinity woven into this religion. It's yeah. so probably why the, the genetic dynasty was ever accepted in the first place. Mm-hmm. But like it does seem, you know, a hop, skip and a jump to be like, well, you know, you had the one planet that crashed in, became three moons and. Uh, yeah. You got this plant that I guess handily went extinct thousands of years ago. That's important to your re- religion. Um, mm-hmm. I looked into this, um, the monocot thing. Did you, did you know any thing about this? No. So in the plant kingdom, there's wide, there's, there's a big division between the monocots and the, the duocots and inside a seed, every plant contains what's called an embryonic leaf that is the first green thing that generates photosynthesis and it's complete and it's a structure inside the seed. Um, Monocots have one of those embryonic uh, um, leaves and a monocot always has uh, leaves and petals in quantities of three, Mm. like it'd be three, six, nine, something like that, but always is is division. Um, And the duocots uh, have two of those structures. So, Again, you don't, have to under- you don't have to know any of that. I was just kind of curious to see what, but like, yeah, like the, uh, the um, what do you call that, a horticulture? <laughs> uh, the the yeah. biology of this was kind of interesting. That, yeah, from this one embryonic leaf, you, you get this, thr- this triune structure. Um, just completely blows up the undifferentiated sentience uh, a, a thing of Halima. Um, mm-hmm. And the whole, whole inquiry is, is uh, outlined as, as heresy now. Kroger fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
0: All right, next scene is Gale still trying to jimmy the door open, she can't make it work. Um so she smashes the the ship's what? Ecobee Honeywell, I I don't know, the thermostat <laughs> over here, which takes down the cooling system um and apparently that's what was keeping her alive because it's very very hot outside. Um mm-hmm. and That kind of forces Harry to either watch the second foundation burn as she dies or let her go. And so he lets her go in the cryopod and she, oh, she decides she's going back to Synax and it's going to take 138 years to get there.
1: Yeah. Um, Time is about to reemerge as a character, it seems like. It's about to have a say in these proceedings. Uh, I, I, yeah, I thought this was great. I, I love the Jer- Jared Harris's freak out as you know she like literally claws through him to get at the heat exchange system, mm-hmm. and like he kind of like digitizes and disrupts and stuff. I thought that was really cool. And then yeah, it's interesting because like I don't know that the second foundation can be saved. Like, I, like, I that was an open question I have is like, what is was a ghost ship uh look like? Um, especially since, um, this, uh, the, 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 set design I thought is really cool. I pointed this out last episode, but it's really extreme, you know, Harry literally standing in this hellish, you know, uh, bathed in red light kind of thing. She's in this cool blue room. It's like a very heaven and hell illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ship, did you notice was like catching on fire? Oh yeah. Like there was explosions and stuff. Like, I, I don't know that the ship survived, so I, I don't know where we're at with the second foundation. The only uh, way I can imagine
0: this continuing is if Harry can, like, transmit himself from the computers on the ship to computers maybe on Helicon.
1: Is it possible that, some, that, that, is it possible that the transfer is actually inside that damn dagger hilt or something? totally possible they do a conspicuous shot of it right before they certainly fucking leaves. do and that was like the usb flash drive that unlocked everything and made the ship go into action i wonder it's where if Harry was in the
0: first place right that's what he was uploaded into
1: i think is that mm-hmm. true because like i remember like uh gale grabbing one of those those discs off of his ear uh behind his ear but i, I wasn't sure if he transferred mm-hmm. it to the sword or or what but like it made sense that something that had physical contact would also be the thing that reads your consciousness or something. Um, so like, I think if, if Harry has a, Harry might be in the life pod with her is what I'm saying. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. Um, I certainly don't want to lose Jared Harris from the show. Cause he's so good.
1: Oh yeah. I don't think there's very little chance of that. And we'll see also yeah. when uh, this, this vault finally opens, we'll see if uh, he's, he's in possibly in there too. But this, uh, you know, Gail, like, there's a really good performance here where she's, you know, like when she finds out from Synax, like it's a 138 year journey. I think she had an idea that, like, maybe I can still get back and see my parents one last time because it's only been, what, 30 years or 34 years? Like, they're, they're old, but 138 years, everyone she knows oh, yeah. is going to be dead. And there's a moment where she grieves yes, that. And I thought it was like, just like hesitation. Every- yeah like and then kind of a resignation like fuck it um you know so I'm yeah I'm excited like what does Synax look like is Synax uh, a water world as they started to reemerge yeah uh, is the second foundation going to be built by her rebuilding psychohistory and working out the prime radiant stuff from that is there a copy of the prime radiant in that dagger like yeah that's this uh especially when they they go with this monocot seed you know um symbolism like are we seeing a seed pod being being uh, released from a dying organism and it's going to replant somewhere else unexpected and unlooked for um also with salver playing kind of jazz with the uh, what's going on with the you know the foundation sounds like they're going to take possession of a very powerful warship here mm-hmm. in the not so distant future uh like I said, I can squint and still see how some of these things are are going to connect, but man, the shape is really—they—they've really stretched and, and hammered it. Uh, which, I, like I said, I—I I think the uh, assuming this can all get put back together in some kind of foundation shape, it's—it's going to be—it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm super excited by two things: the time jump and also the ship jump. I guess the two jumps in this, because. Uh, yeah. It, it's there. There's no navigator still, right? Like she didn't make it to the chair, and it interfaced with her, and she controls the jump now. She's just jumping somewhere random, and it could be I'm,
1: Exo, yeah. maybe uh, Exo Galactic. I have a theory, though. We haven't got to the scene yet. I've got a. I've got a okay. theory. Awesome. Um.
0: So let's let's talk about how emperors walk. They walk crotch first. Apparently, they they are pulled along <laughs> almost as if. The swagger cannot be contained. Uh, Lee yeah. Pace, his walk in yeah. this whole episode is There's hilarious a magnetic
1: beam affixed to the pelvis. Uh, <laughs> right. Actually. Yeah, you're right. Lee pace puts on a walking clinic. He does. He puts on a, like my, my <laughs> quads are jelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my feet are like, you know, just, just razor bl- has been walking Raw on razor nubs. blades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he goes through a whole walking. He, he walks every way, uh, which way a man can walk in this episode. But yeah. Backwards. No, it's it's kind of amazing.
0: Um so yeah, he, uh-huh. he walks crotch first back to his ship and he thanks Halima for inspiring him to walk the spiral and then gives Dimersell back her salt.
1: God damn. This is uh So it's it's great because like it's a completely in inversion in of his greeting. Like, you know, like Halima's there, smug, uh sure of her victory, no one mm-hmm. else like browbeat no one else into coming. And now he's got his his worshipful, jubilant thong throng of people, you know, giving him dap, giving him respect, throwing up the triple blessings. Uh, And then, like, I thought it's like, what a brilliant move by the empire to like. In your total victory over someone, give them enough crumbs that you don't completely destroy them as a person like, hey, you Hmm. get to get credit, you, you know, like, yeah, I'm now a God being, but you get to get credit for it. You're my John the Baptist. You know, hold your head up high, Halima. Interesting. I was like, that's not how I read this. <laughs> I read well, this. Well, I mean, as he's like, definitely. Yeah. And like, fuck and when you. he forces when when he accepts her triple blessings and then holds up to three fingers and says triple blessings to you, I'm like, fuck yes! Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's such that is such an amazing stunt on her. Yeah, but he's not satisfied. <laughs> he's not even. He's close not satis- to done. He's gonna run up the score, and it's it's unbelievable because like I don't know. I felt like. I feel like the smart play would be to lead her, like leave her, but may, maybe. I mean, again, uh, the, uh, yeah, I'm overthinking the stick. But like, I thought a smart play was to take that. Um, you, you, you know, she you've 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 permanently uh, neutered her. Like mm-hmm. she can't like make any noise without destroying the religion from within. And you also have your designated puppet putting in the higher place. But now, like, you know, but I I don't know. Maybe he knew that Halima was a true believer. There wasn't anything nakedly political in her.
0: Yeah. I mean, mean, he's probably right. If that's what he thinks. Certainly. I I think so. Yeah. I think more more what I'm reading out of this next scene is punishment for Demerzel for bowing, for, for believing, for, for,
1: Oh Jesus, you're right. Right. This is
0: all punishment. Forcing for forcing Demerzel to go kill Halima, which is this next scene here is, is him saying like, I am above your religion. Don't you ever fucking question anything about that again? Like, cause I can literally command you to destroy this religion if I wanted to.
1: Yeah. I'm going to, and also I'm going to make you like, yeah, I'm going to make you do something profane. Uh-huh. Uh, just because I can and not yeah. because I need to because no, even realizes you'd won you'd won mm-hmm. you'd gotten everything there's no way this person could and he's like eh yeah you're absolutely yeah, right this is all dumb about fucking cold
0: uh l- let's talk about the that scene so Demerzel goes to Halima to soften the blow of her loss but it turns out she's actually not there to do that at all she's there to kill her and she reveals during this process that she's a robot and Halima goes okay you're here to kill me um she's okay with it though I think because of this whole reincarnation thing and then Dimirzell walks away having already poisoned her wow so 11,000 years is how long ago she walked the spiral Yep, that is a A long long time time. now we know that there have only been 14 generations of Cleons so Mm -hmm. this is way before that it's she would like, would she have been in the service of the empire, or would she
1: just I have been? I don't think so. If, a robot if I remember, on a if I remember that the history is approximately 10,000, the, the, the empire is approximately 10,000 years old, the genetic dynasty is just 400 years of that. And they mentioned that the uh, luminance was a 13,000 year old religion, yeah. so the religion was already ancient by the time Demerzel converted to it, but still, mm-hmm. the empire is a thousand years away. Um, intriguing let's put it that way yeah uh, especially I wonder when, when she these says robot the, wars happened, right like all that stuff yeah when she says the vision that she had changed how she looked at things forever I think that uh, is pretty incredible and also this is just a great scene because mm-hmm. you first have um, you think that Demerzel's there to kind of like try to salvage some face for herself you know like how yeah. could she support this guy and, and also do the religion thing and And, uh, you know, like, uh, and then I think I realized like three seconds before Halima did that, like, oh, she's just not walking out of this room because the second that she said that, like, she reveals that she's a robot, I'm like, oh, she's (laughs) going to have to kill her. What's this going to (laughs) look like? You know? Um, yeah. And I see, I thought she had so
0: much faith here that she was willing to reveal that. And so I wasn't thinking, oh, she's got to kill her now. I thought this was like yeah you know showing deference to her faith but wow yeah, yeah.
1: sly of go you're talking about how soulful the asimov robots are and then three episodes later de- deploy uh a, is does robots have a soul thing but mm-hmm. the, the idea of these robots having emotions is something that is kind of hotly debated even amongst asimov uh circles like do huh. robots have emotions are they programmed to feel emotions if you're programmed to feel emotions and you feel emotions is that different than like, how do you experience emotions, motherfucker? Right. <laughs> you know, do you, do you like decide? So, and, and, but the one thing that's consistent is the robots get the most emotional when they're in a position where their laws are in conflict and yes. their drives. And like, I thought that the way that Bryn played this, where when Halima touched her for the first time, she had the biggest break in emotion. Because she just violated, I mean, you, she just directly caused harm to a human being. That's, Certainly that's, through yeah, she could have pulled away. That's the, that's the first fucking law violation that she is pursuing, probably in service of that 0 with law, or the overriding be, right? em- empire. But, like, you can tell that that's, like, I thought that was such a great touch that the emotion wasn't just from you know uh, just just her internal royal over but you can I guess debate about how much of that is but like all the things that like made her come to a peak of emotion is when she's hurting someone even when she had mm-hmm. tears in her eyes of the Empire uh, I think it's because she knew she was hurting him you know in like an emotional kind of sense yeah I wonder I wonder what the laws say about emotional pain um, emotional harm you're allowed to cause that um, I don't know there's yeah there's so much there's so many cool short stories that explore this kind of shit and people that also um, yeah there's there's this tons of uh, tons of things there's a one short story I don't think it's written by Asimov but it uses Asimov's laws called satisfaction guaranteed about like a robot brothel or something mm-hmm. and the robot you know, always tells the humans he's that that they're with, that they're, they were, you know, good looking, a good, because he doesn't want to hurt their feelings because he sees that as a violation of a first law. Gotcha. So like there are, like I said, there's, there's, that's like the meat and potatoes of the robot series is like setting up these laws. And then like, mm-hmm. what are the exceptions? What are the boundary conditions? Where are the gray areas? What happens when laws inter- interfere? Um And like the, the fact that the, the, the emotion was all tied up into those laws conflicting. At least that's how I interpreted it. I thought that was, uh, just great, just great, and again, yeah, what a what a performance these two had yeah. too. Because the I like, I didn't like Halima when I first met her. I thought she was going to be another one of those high sparrow types, but goddamn, she is a real. Uh, you gotta admire someone that has the courage of their convictions and it seems genuine. Because her last moments on Earth were spending comforting this being that she's not even sure has a soul right. and making her okay with the, the the decisions that she doesn't have and the path that she has to walk. Like fuck, that's righteous. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I
0: think it's like, I think I understand now after this scene why this might be Goyer's favorite scene or fa- favorite episode because of a scene like this. Because I know he he is very fond of Laura Burns' acting, um, and and I think this scene proves how good it is.
1: Uh, is it's a burn. I've been calling her Bryn this whole time. God This dyslexia strikes again. It, yeah, it's burn. Uh, I had to look <laughs> it up so I don't I'm feel sorry. too bad. Uh, <laughs> but
0: yeah, I, I was just really blown away by these two here. Um, it, the other thing this scene does is it sort of reinforces the loyalty to the Empire in a sort of indirect way, right? Like d- clearly, she is breaking the first law of robotics of, of harming a human. Which means she must be, she must be obeying the zeroth law, which is to not, you know, through inaction or action, harm humanity. So she believes that whatever she's doing with the emperor is, is important for humanity as a whole. More important than the, not breaking the first law. Now, we don't know exactly how that manifests. We've talked about this many times, but I think like that's the secondary function of this scene is it shows us her true loyalty there's no evil Deberzel right she's not going to like destroy the empire from within just because she wants to she's whatever she's doing is acting upon the the zeroth law of robotics here
1: yeah and I'm, I'm glad it turns out we had that extended conversation about the laws of robotics on the last feedback section because I think it it is crucial to understanding the conflict and the emotion that's generated by Deberzel here um, yeah. And 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 understanding the this final scene with the Empire, which what, have we gotten into yet or are we about to? No, we're about to. Um Okay.
0: Yeah, so let's first go back over to Invictus, um, because it's gonna jump in five minutes and the Anacreons uh still can't get onto the bridge. Lewis frets and worries about this jump. Salvor um then says it's what she was meant to do. And Lewis finally appreciates her, I guess, and and goes goes to jack her in, but Pharaoh breaks through the bridge and shoots him in the back, and then a gunfight ensues. Despian ships show up and start attacking Invictus, uh, while Pharaoh and Salvor fight. And then the ship jumps without a navigator, and
1: crucially yeah. without anybody asleep. I don't think the ship jumped without a navigator, Jim. I think Lewis, realizing he was going to die anyway, Jammed. shoved that thing in the back of his neck. Got up in the thing and guided the jump. His I think that's brain's what's no happen. good. It's nah. He's going to jump him in the heart of a star for sure. His intuition <laughs> his is brain, way off. His brain, his brain might not be so good. Might not be <laughs> in some some uh, silver heart. But like, I think to uh, so that's what I think happened. And I think all that talk was just to in the, an audience mind you racing to think of like well. She's got a special mind, so she might survive the jump. This isn't like, you know, it's a main character. Like, you know, she's not gonna shove this like fucking velociraptor claw in the base of her spine and and die, right? Mm -hmm. But then that sets up the because the whole time it's counting down. I'm like, she's gonna she's gonna throw Pharaoh over this rail, she's gonna jump in the couch, and she's gonna get it right at the last second. And when it didn't happen, yeah, but then I realized. Lewis was mortally wounded right by with the neural interface in hand mm-hmm. uh, right by the crash couch. I'm I would bet a, a week's pay that uh, you're going to see the corpse of Lewis uh, uh, jacked in and they're going to be in, in rough orbit around Terminus next episode. Nice. And it's going to be totally redeeming, totally redeeming that little shit, Lewis. Man, I'm torn because that is a very cool idea.
0: And, and I think you're right but also I wanted to see it jump to the middle of nowhere.
1: Like I, yeah, I mean, honestly, there's no light years away. Yeah. I'm playing with house money. Cause an uncontrolled jump. Cause number one, I think it will kill every kill or Madden everyone except for maybe Salver because yeah, you know, I am a believer in the R plus G equals S and I think she has whatever shield you know, mental shielding that, uh, that her mom has to protect her from the, the rigors and the horrors of folded space. But uh, she's going to get a whole dose of it because uh, you can already see time and space kind of start to slipping around and she realizes what's happening. The whole Invictus just just goes bye bye. Um, This might be a good time to talk
0: about something I forgot to talk about with Gale earlier. She said she's been having these visions and these powers since she was since she can remember. So I I think there was a little bit of like us wondering, okay, did her separation from mind and body during her travels
1: yeah, the yeah, first yeah, time yeah.
0: caused this power. Um, it, I definitely don't think that's true at this point. It, it's a it, thing from birth. So it makes it even more best, likely that this is like some genetic thing um, that, that could be passed on a Salvor if that were her kid.
1: At best, it's like the spice in Dune where like it awakened an ability or strengthened an ability that someone already had. Sure. Um, which could be the course for Salver that like she's going to post this jump, uh, especially since she's theoretically, I, I think, going to be exposed to it much longer, you know, because Gale just kind of like broke out for a little bit and then the spacers put her right back to sleep. Yeah. Uh, you know, Salver here is going to raw dog folded space, mm-hmm. <laughs> no protection at all. So uh, I don't know. Maybe she comes out of here changed because that's the other thing that some of the complaints about Salver Harden's character. She's so different from the books, you know, um, yeah. Terminus is different from the books. Terminus is this mm-hmm. dusty border town that's struggling to make its way. Salvers is unsure, you know, doesn't feel like she's a leader type thing. Well, because this is I if I got my math right, this is like 15, 20 years before we get to Terminus in the books uh, and, and meet Salvers. So like yeah. this is her origin story. So this might be a transformative experience. So like, it, it's not going to fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she, clearly she had this from the beginning, but it might strengthen it or it might awaken something. Um, yeah. It might give her more insight into who she is and, and her real purpose, um, which I think are all good things. Really cool. I mean, this is, you know, basic uh, hero's journey stuff, but uh, there's a reason it's a monomyth, right? Sure. Yeah. It works. Uh, so,
0: so here's one other problem I have with this episode and these are all minor gripes, obviously. The Hugo thing, of course. Now, this scene where they, everything I've ever seen does this when they don't want to kill a character that they want around, but they want to create drama and tension. Salvor has a, a dead shot on Farrah. She could easily just put two in her chest, put one in her head, whatever. Farrah's looking the other way. Instead, Salvor shoots her gun out of her hand. And then. When Farrah comes charging at her, Salwar tries to shoot her in the face to kill her, because mm-hmm. that's obviously the goal here, mm-hmm. but she, her gun misfires or jams or whatever. It, I don't know why you do this. I don't know why <laughs> shows do this. I know why they do it, but stop doing it.
1: Just either Sounds don't. A good, yeah. She's coded as a good a good person, uh, a little bit of a naive person the whole time. She's She could have killed Farrah so many times so far, and she hasn't because... She wants to redeem her? No, nah, um, come on. She's already seen
0: in her heart. She knows she's irredeemable, right? She says that this episode <sighs> to her, her second in command.
1: I don't know. I feel like making peace with these uh these outer reach planets is gonna be pretty important, and not murdering their grand huntress might be a keystone to that uh that plan. I yeah, you're right. I mean it's it is it know. is pretty tropey. Then you but, can't uh,
0: try and take the kill shot when she charges at you either, so yeah, you can't have it both ways. Well, that's, that's what I'm a self, saying. That's like,
1: in true self-defense. You get to drop on someone. You can disarm them. You sure. should. But then, yeah. Yeah, I think self-defense came into play a long time ago. But okay. So, uh, yeah, sometimes the best self-defense is a good off- self-offense. Right? <laughs> oh, self-offense sounds like you're turning a gun on yourself. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, I, whatever. I, you shoot the person. Yeah, you shoot him.
0: Uh, I might be a sucker here, but I quite appreciated the moment where Lewis says, you're something, Salvor. I wish I'd seen it earlier.
1: I, this it's is, a, it's is, a moment,
0: and I fucking hate Lewis. He's ugh. He's probably my I'm most hated character,
1: but yeah, he gets an emotion out of me there. And, and they, and this isn't like a complete turn from fa- from heel to face because last episode, like he didn't want to do it and he was scared. But when they, everyone took their opportunity to fight to to, to make a stand, wasn't particularly good at it. But Lewis was game. He tried. He tried to be the warrior. Mm-hmm. And here I think this is like you're you're supposed to understand it's uh it'll it'll be a moment like I, I don't know if he's going to be like dead uh, I'll let's I'll assume that my theory's right. I don't know if he's going to be like dead and like smoking like just like burnt up of this process in the couch or if he'll be like dying and her and, him and Salvar can have a final moment but either way I think it'll work because in the end you know you got us uh, however lewis dies mm-hmm. is going to be uh, fairly heroic you know yeah. based on where he started from and again he was never in he was he's thrust in this position. He was never intended to be the leader of the foundation. True. Like he wasn't up he was literally not up to the task. Mm-hmm. Uh but he he's fucking tried, so All right, uh second to last
0: scene here. I think this is the one you want to talk about. Before Demerzel tells Dave that Halima's dead and she points out that she had a birthroot flower preserved in her room and what a coincidence it is that his genuine his true vision contained one as well and you know if he hadn't have had that vision what a sad empty husk of a human he would be
1: yeah I would and I don't know how you do it because like the the only thing would have roped me more into the empire having an authentic religious experience if he wasn't so damn hungry for information about the vision because it kind of set up the fact that he was afraid that he wouldn't have one and he needed some inside information um but yeah, like, what does it mean? Like, is magic is is this spiritual stuff kind of sort of real or what is the deal? Um, like, is if you drink it like because uh, I always try to approach things from a r- rational perspective, right? You know, like, well, there's some kind of weird sure. electrolytes, some kind of special quality of this water. Uh, and then it can induce a spiritual state or it's just, you know, like a fact that person comes here after such a grueling experience, you know, like a, I, I, um, you can get, hallucinations by ingesting certain mushrooms or certain chemicals. But also there's, it's pretty well attested that like you can sufficiently train your mind through meditation and other types of things to induce these states. So who's to say you get to this thing after this grueling experience and, and uh, you know, between the, the weird substance in the water and your emotional and physical, uh, mental trauma and exhaustion, you don't have a fucking vision. What does it mean that a robot does and empire doesn't? That Mm -hmm. implies something spiritual, though. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't considered it. Hmm. Or maybe you have to be open to it, and he just wasn't, but, like... Yeah. And there's, um... (laughs) I do wonder what
0: DeRozal looked like at the end of that thing. Like, imagine there's an old man walking beside her, and she just, like, (laughs) strides by him at at full speed, no problem. Yeah, 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 it's like... (laughs) Old man's like, sorry about your two knees,
1: old man. Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Uh that would look
1: pretty silly. She probably faked it. She probably
0: was like, oh I'm all wobbly. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Engage (laughs) engage wobbly thigh routine. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh but yeah, you're you're on to something here about robots and humans and souls. Uh, in fact, yeah. I don't know if this worked on you. But when the Empire, when they're netting him up and getting him ready for the cryo sleep, and if a, a, a smash jump back to him being alone in a cave looking vulnerable, for a moment I thought everything we'd seen was his vision of him being Ugh. a shit and him killing <laughs> Halima and Demerzel being disappointed in him and saying he has no soul. And that hmm. that was going to, but no, it's just him remembering back in the cave, he felt nothing. He did, but vision, cold yeah. and alone and empty. And these words of Demerzel saying, I and it's like it's so passive aggressive, but it's 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 great because it's a robot who is trying to find through all of her conflicting loyalties to the empire, loyalties to her laws, her own personal feelings about the religion, trying to find something she can say. And she she gets uh, this like, I I'm glad you had your vision and I hope it gives you strength because I can't imagine Mm -hmm. how empty and lonely it would be not to have one. And, and strikes fucking, a nerve. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the relationship he has with Demerzel, Um, this might be like unique amongst all the Cleon Dimmerzel interactions that he feels this betrayed and wounded and vice versa. Like it felt it mm-hmm. felt momentous and something. It's hard to tell because, you know, we're only seeing these single things, but it felt it felt like a moment, like a, a new kind of moment to me. Uh, I got a new kind of moment for you. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and we got to get out of here soon. But I had to talk about this. Uh, The the new moment is seeing the creepy space spacers walk toward him. I guarantee rule 34 kicked in there. There are people hammering away at at laptops and desktops across the globe here right now
1: trying to create space porn for sure. You wouldn't. I mean, their what? What about their graceful, slender gazelle-like necks? Do you Uh not find attractive, Jim? I mean, I mean, they're walking crotch first, just like Lee Pace. It's 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 certainly an off-menu choice, but Uh uh, if the chef offered it, I'd be like, ah, you know, I'll take a taste. i'll take a roll with a spacer sure why not why not yeah as we speak that's being made can, so look they forward can to handle that folding week. space and time they can handle all my space time folds i'm, I'm sure <laughs> oh, nothing's God. gonna not, nothing's gonna horror nothing <laughs> in the geometry of my body will horrify them genetically modified to handle it <laughs> this unique stresses mm-hmm. uh of the wild aaron um that's it yeah no episode. uh Thank you for that that vignette, uh, and that's mm-hmm. it. That is that is it for episode. I I did enjoy it. I am looking forward to the episode ten. Mindfuck. Um, yeah. Which I wonder if that's going to be. Now I'm like, what does that mean? Is it going to be 138 years? What cynic Synax looks like? Are we going to, you Dude. know, it's going to be a post credit scene of her, like after like all, all the crazy shit that happens with the Invictus and all this stuff, like or you know, like we've almost forgotten about Gail and uh, yeah, what I'm I'm curious. Because I thought I thought this episode lived up to the hype. Yeah. so um sure. i don't know we'll have to it's going to be tough watching a, just a fucking regular normal no one excited for episode nine of a foundation next week but then, <laughs> then we get back to the anticipated no i i can't wait to see where what they do with this next week they're so like this this plot is blown so wide open um are they going to collapse it back into a shape that's kind of recognizable uh hmm. at the end of the season or or what i'm i'm very curious i hope you guys are too Don't forget foundation at baldmove.com is where you send feedback. We'll have a feedback episode out Tuesday for your consideration. Uh, But yeah, thanks for everybody's listening and rating, reviewing and sharing. We'll see you next week until then. I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.